This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. A little bit earlier, I know some may be watching this throughout the course of the holiday weekend, recording on a Tuesday, so no fallout reaction from Full Gear on Wednesday night's Dynamite, but plenty still to get into with me, as always, from ESPN West Palm. We have Brian Rowitz, and catch him on ESPN 1000. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. So we begin with AEW after they put on what their eighth pay-per-view of the year uh, full gear was this past weekend um it's a simple question simple place to start today boys what grade do you give full gear it was a solid b for me and the reason why it was elevated is because of the greatest death match i've ever seen on pay-per-view that's the reason why because otherwise it felt like a one match card and that would be the main event to me Gabe with MJF uh, trying to recapture his championship that's been stolen away from him from Jay White. Thank God for the death match because all the other matches were good. It's not like they were bad, but I just think that the stakes were huge and we had a special by the way. It's available now in the archives. It's on YouTube and also in our podcast. We did a special Saturday night show talking about this uh, bro it's and that death match I think elevated that card because we've seen these in the indies you might see these on youtube or you know behind some paywall but nothing like what we saw there i think it's a, a solid b it elevated the entire card something we never seen before on pay-per-view yeah i completely agree with all that assessment i think it's one of those things if you step back and look at this card without hangman versus swerve you're looking at it saying like all right it was it was a dynamite like the main event to me left a lot to be desired. Like it was a good match, but it was a WWS match. And I wish there was more of the devil stuff and some of the other further storylines. But there really wasn't much else besides that match. But that match was so damn good that it took it over the edge. And that's why I give it a B also, because that is a match that is in contention right now for match of the year. Huh, I mean, I, I thought it was a little bit higher. I'm, I'm surprised oh. you guys, because I thought they did. Uh, I mean, the, the build of Orange Cassidy versus Moxley and the whole BCC thing. Like, yes, that gets that's earlier in the card. And maybe you forget about it a little bit. Obviously, Christian Cage has been doing some great work. I thought the ladder match was a lot of fun um, in the tag match. Like everything else kind of got lost in the shuffle because of how good the death match was. <laughs> but like. I thought that the Young Bucks and Jericho and Omega were put in the impossible spot of going on after that. And they like they found a way. I mean, they didn't ma- they didn't match it because it was impossible to match <laughs> whatever that was. But they like kept the crowd energy going. It's not like everybody was just down on their feet and exhausted, which can happen with AEW shows. Like I, I have being present for their four hour long pay per views, and that's just the main card. That doesn't include the hour, um, you know, zero hour that they did with three other matches. I'm talking about just the four hour main card. When you're there, sometimes you're just going, man. I'm just out of energy before you get to the end of the show. And I thought what the way that they were able to kind of deliver with those two matches after that, I thought they were able to keep the energy up. I don't think this was like an A and just like their best one of the year, but I, I would at least upgrade it to a B plus. I, I thought it was a really good, uh, a really good card with a lot of really good matches. Of course, the one shining thing that you're going to take out of it and remember next year, certainly and the year after and the year after, was the be- the best death match that they've done, which probably wasn't a super high bar to climb. Like they've done some pretty good ones, but I feel like their death matches you f- you remember more of the ones that fallen flat on their face, like the one with Mox, where Eddie Kingston's protecting him from an explosion that just never comes. Yeah, you know, like and and you had the failed pyro there, and <laughs> but 
this helps kind of erase some of those memories that you have of some of those past death matches. Cause this was, this hit the tone that you were looking for it to hit being as personal as they made it. Yeah. But some of the matches you mentioned, so like Mox and orange was good, but it wasn't as good as the first time. Like that main event, they had it all out. Like that was one hell of a match and it was good, but it wasn't that great. The mm-hmm. latter match was, yes, it was a good match, but also, like, what story did you have? It was one of those matches that going in, you're like, who's in this match again? Like, you forget what's actually happening, and then all the guys sort of doing their things. And even the six-man open, like, yes, it was cool to see Sting and Copeland and Darby yelling and reprimanding the audience for not being loud enough, I guess. <laughs> but, like, that's a dynamite main event. Like, that was the thing where it was like, it was good, but it wasn't outstanding, which we've been used to with AEW. Did I hear correctly? Did did he did did uh, Excalibur just drop it in that after that match, Darby Allen was catching a red eye to climb Everest? Yes. Now, oh, is that happening this week? I I, I mean. <laughs> Now, don't you have to train for that? Isn't that something like, I don't think, from my understanding, this is a rather dangerous endeavor. Now, Is it? Yeah, that, from my understanding. Again, I've never done it personally. I've just heard stories. Um, jumping on a red eye after wrestling in a match, I don't think that's the way you want to go into climbing Everest, but I could be wrong. But what do you know? You've never done it before. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's what I'm just I, saying. I, and, and I also say this, that if he falls, he'll be back at Dynamite the next week. He'll be fine. Oh, of course. Because he's, he's a rubber ball. He's figuring out how to work a matchup there. Yeah, he's a rubber ball, so it's It's okay. He's actually a cat. He's not even a human being. He could, <laughs> he could fall off of Mount Everest and will be there for the next dynamite. He'll be fine. He's well, landing on all fours. I believe it's from Sports Illustrated. It's all that's floating around Twitter. This is from Darby. Quote, I really believe with everything that I've done and that I continue to do for my body, I'm going to feel great for a long time. Unless I, like, die on Mount Everest. Oh, so, you okay. know, he worked in that caveat. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Just in case, you know, <laughs> just wants to make sure that he works that in there. But besides that, he feels great. I, I think that the overall show, though, guys, I mean, it's a solid B for me only because, I mean, what we got is that the women's championships, they got it right. Yep. They got they gave us exactly what we want. We got Tony Storm as one mm-hmm. champion, and we've got uh, Julia Hart as the other champion. So they got that part of it right. It's what the fans have wanted. The fans have been behind Julia Hart. They've been behind this, this new... Uh, Tony Storm is timeless Tony Storm, so it works out. But I just think that a lot of these matches, like, for instance, you talked about Omega and Jericho against the Young Bucks. Again, we have never seen Omega and Jericho uh, tag before. It was cool, but I was distracted still. I'm watching that match, and I'm like, I know this is, like, four stars, Meltzer, but, like, is, you know, is Swerve okay? I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm just, I'm watching it. I mean, it's not like I'm not engaged, but I'm just kind of, my mind was wandering of, like, is Adam Page okay? Did they take him to the hospital? And like, how many staples did Strickland take? And that I couldn't, th- I couldn't shake it. I could not. So, that's what I was thinking about. So, so that's why it makes it a B because that match was so overwhelming and so good that everything else fell in comparison. Is there somebody backstage that's counting the staples so they know how many they have to take out, or is just Swerve in the shower, kind of lathering up and goes, oh. "Oh crap, here's one," and has to like take it out himself? Like oh. that was that was a legitimate thought that was happening in my mind during that match. Yeah, that that makes sense. I guess that's sort of nature of the beast with those guys and the Swerve promo after. But like that oh. was one of those things that was worth the pay per view. Uh, you know, just sort of the blow off. Like the story led to that match. That match paid off that story. Like, that was what a pay-per-view match was supposed to be like. And they got it right. I mean, you yeah. just talked about getting the women's matches right in the winner. I believe they got the – look, I, I understand that there were probably a lot of fans out there that wanted 
hangman to get his revenge for a man who stood over his son's crib and talked trash, right? Like he yep. crossed the line. However, this is more, I mean, we, we talked about it last week. I think it was more important for Swerve to win so he can go on to bigger and better things. And I think ultimately they got the winner right with Swerve. Don't you, don't you guys think it's weird that there was no no baby face in this and no heel? I mean, this guy broke into uh, to a Paige's crib, well, broke into his house, looked into his baby's crib. That's a heel. Yeah, but yeah. Because is. you've got a, a a Prince Nana who is very very popular, Strickland gets cheers. Okay, and then with Paige on the other side, you heard some booze for Paige. It, it was just a weird dynamic. And by the way, as you two know, I'm a traditional wrestling fan. I'm not necessarily a deathmatch guy, but I'm just so was so into the spectacle of this, it, where the crowd was not groaning, but they were just like silent, trying to figure out well what's next, and right. they were popping for all the moves. It's like, how could you not watch this and say, "Wow, that's amazing"? I will say though, why is still after all that does the table spot get such a bump? It was such a pop. They pull out the table and everyone goes nuts. It's like, have you seen the other stuff they've been doing? Like, I don't understand that logic ever. That's the WWE in the wrestling fan that just thinks the Dudley spot is the spot. Of yep. course, they also were chanting for fire as well, Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> so, you heard that, right? They We want fire. We heard that too. So, okay. So, yeah. I put the opponent through the, through the table with fire. Now, what else, what else do you want? Right. Want me to kill him? Want me to pale it? <laughs> Seriously, they want more Nana dancing. That's that's the balance there. That that offsets it. How it's crazy! Different. How crazy is it that Nana's so over that he's the only one who gets a special entrance at the pay per view? Right. Like they <laughs> they hire the dancers and like just that crazy. was the same match. Like that's insane to put those two next to each other. Well, I guess I guess they did have like the kids choir that sung yes. Christian Cage to the ring, which was that of the year. Yeah, I mean, again, that was, I mean, making sure it was like a kid's choir, like it's just, that's just a little tiny detail, just a little minor detail that you absolutely nailed when you decided to do Christian's entrance like that. Yes. But Christian, it, it, Christian and Nana, those were the two that got the special entrances. And because of Christian, thank you very much, Nigel McGinnis, for your 1980s heel commentary. Yeah. Over the top. <laughs> Jesus. Could you just slow it down a little bit? I know you. I know you're trying to get Christian over, but he doesn't need your commentary. He's already over. Thanks. He's already That's over. Fair. Holy cow! But I love that children's choir. That that is exactly what you want right there, right? And again, those things, those little things are over. That's the details that we used to criticize AEW about, and they're nailing it as of late. And even the little adjectives in his entrance, like instead of just being the random countdown, now you had the adjectives describing him, like that added to it as well. Yeah, That's crazy. It just somehow. Christian Cage is having the run of his career. Yeah. So what was the miss? If, I mean, if we liked the, the Texas death match, I don't even know why they put Texas on. It was just a death match. You don't yeah, have to put Texas on there. It was, it was in Los Angeles. Okay, so what was the miss? Because, uh, I mean, one of my matches of the week, I'll give you a spoiler, wasn't even on the pay-per-view. It was in the zero hour. Okay, so, I mean, so what yeah. was the miss on this show? To me, it was just that everything was good, not great. Like, it was almost AEW's fault. Like, we've gotten so accustomed to every match being five to six stars that when you get a bunch of three, four stars, it's like, oh, that's not as good. Yeah, I mean, even on the pre-show, I mean, they gave everything. I mean, the, the shortest match of all of them was the MJF Samoa Joe tag match. That was the only match that was under 10 minutes. Like, they gave everything time. 
And again, that's where AEW and WWE kind of differ. And I'm sure we'll get into this when we start talking about Survivor Series, because right now we only have five matches at Survivor Series, granted two of them being War Games matches, which are going to be longer just by the way that those matches work. But WWE, especially under Hunter, they've been trying to keep that to a pretty tight two and a half to three hours. And they don't want to go much longer than that on their premium live events, where Tony's going to give you the full four hours. And MJF pointed this out. Um during the press conference, which was a really weird press conference, yes. by the way. Um, but like they, the, the thing that AEW does, and I think the thing that they need to keep leaning into is that they can do so many different things with their roster. With the WWE, even when they put on good matches, like there's a WWE style, right? So like you're never, you're never going to get, like maybe you'll get a grudge match, but you're never going to get what you got in terms of the Texas death match from WWE. Like you're just right. never going to get that. And and I think with the the different styles, the you know, the harder hitting kind of New Japan style with all the lucha libres that they have, I think what you can do if you're AEW is really lean into what MJF was talking about in his his, his press conference in that they have so many different styles that they can showcase, and that's what they do over that four hours, which is what makes those four hours go by quickly because you have so many different types of matches. And the fact, I mean, this was a lighter card for them. This is eight matches on the main show. Like, that's a light night for AEW. Like, we're, we always talked about the way they cram everything in. Like, that was something that was like, oh, that's different. But the rest of those matches, like, again, like, removing the death match, what's that one match you look at and say, oh, got to put that in match of the year discussion? I mean, that's the only one. Yeah, that's right. the only one. I mean, MJF and Jay White, because there was so many things moving around in that, and we knew it would be. Like, the whole thing of Adam Cole against Jay White and Adam Cole is injured. Yeah. You knew that wasn't going to happen. And MJF coming back with the ambulance, okay, fine. And oh. the whole the whole selling of the knee, which is actually a long-term story, because anytime you see MJF in peril, he's always holding on to the knee, and that came to fruition again in this matchup here against Jay White. But, I mean, again, fine card, and the action was great. It's just that there's only one match that really stood above and beyond. Britt Baker, uh, by the way, uh, MVP, even though she wasn't there. Her tweets on Adam Cole throughout the course of the night were spectacular. Yep. She just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking about how he's... <laughs> the reason apparently at home where he doesn't load the dishwasher is because he can't stand for that long. What we're watching is miraculous, folks, because he's standing in the corner. Like Her tweets on the whole thing were fantastic. If you have not seen them, go back, check out her tweets. Because, again, it just adds those different layers that the AEW can do. And, again, like it's, no, like it's AEW's own doing that we sort of look at this card as like, eh, because there are some collision nights where we get matches that are better than most of the matches on this show. Like some of the Andrade matches or the FTR tag matches that we see on free TV on Saturday nights. We didn't see any of those on Saturday. Maybe that was to give Hangman and Swerve that opportunity to shine, and it shined, and it did its part. But like the rest of it, it just sort of like, all right, it was good. I'm surprised yeah. you're meh on the ladder match. I understand there wasn't a ton of yeah. story going into it, but I thought that ladder match delivered. There were some spots that were pretty crazy. I just feel like we've seen it so much. Like The Brody King stuff was really cool. Oh. Yeah. Like The rest of it, like, we've seen that stuff. And FTR is not made for that type of stuff. Brody, I, so out of that match, you know what I learned, Gabe? You know what I learned? I learned I want to see Roosh against Brody King. That's what I learned yeah. in watching that show. I want to <laughs> see that. Like, just give them all the time in the world. Brody King to me is just like a give him, just give him the full two hours of collision. 
That's fine. <laughs> Coming up on Collision, just give him all of Collision. I mean, Roosh might kill Brody Lee by that point, just because Possible. it's you know it's still real to him. But it, it's going to be a physical matchup. I mean, I mean, either way, I, you know, it's 50-50 because Brody King, I mean, he took some bumps and gave some bumps too. That's a big guy with a lot of power. And so, I, I you know what, I think from Brody's standpoint, I know why he might be a little bit down on the match. I think I, I have an idea. Because it's Big Bill and Ricky Starks as champions. I mean, I mean like, I know, I, I feel like this is Shawn Michaels Diesel. This is what it feels like to me. Where it's little guy and big guy, and it made this. Yeah. They don't seem like that they gel, but it works for the story. Where maybe Bill turns on Ricky or vice versa, but ultimately this is about Ricky Starks more so than Big Bill because you cannot put on the marquee Big Bill and think that people are going to buy tickets. That name yes. sucks. <laughs> sucks. Well, th- yeah, that's fair because again, like I compared Orange and Mox to All Out in that match. Like, look at Ricky. Ricky in Chicago. In that strap match with a one-armed Brian Danielson versus yeah. Ricky at this pay-per-view, that's a big step down for Ricky Starks. Uh, yeah, in terms of like the match quality, sure. But I mean, it's Brian Danielson in a strap match. Like I don't, I don't know what you're expecting. One-armed Brian Danielson, not normal Brian Danielson. Yeah, yeah that God, that guy's just. And he's uh, one-eyed Brian Danielson coming to your TV soon. Yeah, is he wrestling to, on Wednesday nights? Like, is he like we don't we yeah. don't know the full field yet? One of the people we do know is a one-eyed Brian Danielson. <laughs> is he kicking off this continental tournament? There is a selection Sunday esque YouTube show, which no time was announced for, but I believe that's happening before Dynamite when the actual tournament will start on Dynamite. Oh man! Like if he's wrestling on Wednesday night, like I've, I've got I've got questions about the doctors at AEW. That's all I'm gonna say. We move on though. We dive into the other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling. We call it the three count, Brian. What do we got at number one? All right, we talked about MJF. Hasa Wrestling reporting this week that several WWE sources believe that MJF has already re-signed with AEW. They believe that deal is through 2027. Does the end of MJF's free agency change his story for you guys? No, because the only time it's really been mentioned is in the, like, he hasn't mentioned it on screen outside of the press conference, right? Like, and it was almost a throwaway when he mentioned, because he sits down and I don't think you get that emotional as he did. Unless you're sticking around, right? Like, because obviously this place, something meant a lot to you. And AEW clearly means a lot. And then he he realized what was going on and quickly said, well, as long as Tony pays me a bunch of money. Like, I, I'm not shocked by this speculation that he has already re-signed with AEW. I think that makes a ton of sense, especially with him retaining. Look, you could still take the belt off of him in any sort of storyline, or even if he wasn't out of contra- under contract on the 30th. But with with world's end and in the last pay-per-view of the year before his contract expires but i don't think you let him be your three six be champion for a full year and then see him walk out the door i think they're pretty confident he's sticking around if he hasn't already signed and that hasn't it doesn't change the story you can just kind of pivot and make him an even longer champion if that's what you want to do but it hasn't really been a part of the story a ton on screen if you're watching collision dynamite etc yeah, the crying told me everything I need to know because it was just unusual, the, the amount of emotion from MJF. He's usually a guy that's ranting and raving and being a heel. Even as a babyface, he could be a smartass. But the way he came across after that match, I mean, it was so emotional. And it's kind of like, 
Yeah, that's just weird to me. That sounds like a guy that's going to be staying and there's a secret, maybe a secret handshake deal. Maybe. Again, I know it's been rampant speculation about that, but I think that when you're that emotional and you have that kind of tie and you speak favorably for the company, I mean, he said a lot of good things about AEW. He hadn't done that before. So it makes me think that he's going to stay for a while. Yeah, I think that's the thing, like Gabe, you sort of alluded to. You lose that story of what we envisioned of, you know, the punk Cena being World's End, being in New York and doing that whole thing. But I think there's still ways to go. I just want to see more of that. Like, I wish the pay-per-view would have ended on Saturday. He gets the win. Him and Cole are staying there. And there's Samoa Joe. And there's Wardlow. And there's Swerve. And there's everyone just sitting there waiting. So you reinforce, like, hey, all these guys are breathing down his neck. He's the most wanted guy. Like, that was another reason the show sort of hurt for me on Saturday is not progressing that storyline. So as long as they keep telling that story and they've done a great job at it right now, I'm fine with it. If they get away from it is when I sort of say, like, eh, we sort of dropped the ball right now. Yeah, and they're going to have to really lean on that storyline because while he was selling the knee injury, apparently he <laughs> did pop his hip out or something. It apparently was- happened on the elbow drop that wasn't through a table. Because that was, which was a dumb spot, which is a dumbass spot. Okay, so the reason why that you don't see table spots in AEW is because they collapse. They're not real <laughs> tables. You ever see an AEW wrestler stand on a table on collision? No, because it's a paper table. And that's why it's, it, I, I know that, and of course, this this announcing staff just shoots all the time. I just think everything's jazz, jazz hands and grab ass between Taz and Shivani and Excalibur. And they've made comments before, like, hey, I guess no one saw the mem- men- the memo. Hey, no, you don't, do- get- don't go around the table. Don't touch the table. Well, that's just dumb to have right. a table spot because that table is not the sturdy table that you get sometimes in WWE. So it's collapsed. Okay, so you don't do the spot. Right. See, you yeah. have no table, so you don't do the spot. That's just dumb. That's just yeah. dumb. Well, we got to give the audience what they want. We don't have the table, but I still got to drop this elbow. Drop it in the ring. You know, you got this big thing, this square thing with ropes. <laughs> And a mat, and this has DraftKings everywhere. Do it there; it'd be just impre- as impressive. That's a good spot. Yeah, because that's that's when he did it, and yeah. obviously it was already a botched spot. And he decided. And reportedly, he won't miss it. TV time. Just maybe won't be wrestling the next few weeks before the pay per view. Which is fine. I mean, which is we've we've done that with MJF before. Yeah. Now, since he's been more babyface, he has wrestled more on television. But we've gone stretches without MJF wrestling. And there are so many challengers building up for him. Plus, I mean, other than trying to get something with Samoa Joe, right? Because Joe is now guaranteed. Joe has his spot going forward um, for for an AEW championship match. Like most of the MJF storyline between for the next five weeks between now and World's End is going to be devil devil related anyway, is it not? Of trying to figure out who is behind the devil mask. I would think think so. I'm still mad at the elbow spot. Still mad about it because because WWE guys wouldn't do that. When's the no. last time over the last five years someone said, "Oh, the table collapsed, so I can't do that spot." Well, you know, Kevin Owens is not doing that spot. You right. know, others are not doing that. So I just no, and, I don't understand. And, and Kevin's a crazy son of a bitch who's jumped off a lot of things in his career. Yes, yes, and just like I, I all all I'm doing is protecting the wrestler in that spot. It's MJF. You're the most important guy in the company because you have the championship. What if it was such a serious injury that December 30th he could not perform? Right. In okay, Long, so, on Long Island, like that's Long, a show you Long want Island. him there. Yes. So that just you know. It's, you know, for a guy that's so professional, that was really indie rific. Yeah. You know, and, and he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that to prove it to anybody. He could have seriously hurt himself. It's just ridiculous to me.
Well, I says we don't know who's on the other side yet, but in on Long Island, it's going to be a hot crowd. Did MJF drop it to end the year? Drops it to Joe. To Joe, yes. okay. I'm, I'm fine like, with that. Um, I, I, and again, the the way they continuously build Joe, I I just feel like now's the time to give it to him. It feels like with Samoa Joe. Like Joe's incredibly hot. Like he got a good reaction when he came out on Friday night for Collision. Or was it whatever it was? End of Rampage, yeah, well, excuse me. It was the end Friday, of Rampage. Whatever Friday was. Whatever, yeah, whatever show on Friday when Samoa Joe came running out to make the save. Collision. And then, you know, I think it was Rampage. I think it was the end of Rampage. <laughs> whatever it was, not a lot of people watched it based on the numbers and uh, SmackDown yeah. being up against uh, it. That was, yeah, that was an AEW Collision Friday special. Because there yeah. was no collision on Saturday because of the paper. Correct. Because yeah. they did collision into Rampage. They did three hours on TNT. That's that's right. And then they did Battle of the Belts after that. So it was four hours. <laughs> and they didn't run around the Ring of Honor. That was all Friday night. <laughs> that's also Ring of Honor. Oh, so much wrestling for no reason. <laughs> just, just ridiculous. It's just hard to keep it all straight. But anyway, yeah. my point being Samoa Joe, world champ at the end of the year. Let's go. I think I think that makes sense. I think December thirtieth. I know that's kind of be bad for the people on Long Island because they. Lo- I mean, this is the only place that MJF is a pure babyface because right. that's his hometown. But I think that's the perfect place to do it. It's unfortunate, guys, that we don't get what we just talked about before, like the Punk goodbye. Hey, my yeah. contract's up. I blow a kiss to Vince because he's not in that position at all. He's a babyface. It be, it was the last pay per view in the last event for AEW, and again, it's about the War of twenty twenty four, but. That's not a story right now because of the way he reacted. And if it is true that MJF has signed a deal, then they blew it. They blew the story. If that is because it still was a viable story. What if, right? What if MJF goes to WWE and he does all that? If he signs, it's like, well, you blew it right there in the post in the post show. Yeah, I was about to say, and they very that very well could have been the plan for the next five weeks. Like that factors in because they've with MJF, what they've done is is they've shown the ability to kind of tell multiple stories around the world championship with the Devil Mask and Jay White and Samoa Joe and Wardlow and all these different things that kind of fold into that world championship picture. They could have done Samoa Joe and the Devil, and oh by the way, bidding war of twenty twenty four. Like they could have done all of those things. They still might try, but if they try to do after his reaction in that presser on Saturday night, if they try to do bidding war of 2024, it's just going to ring hollow. I think everybody's going to see through it at this point. And imagine like what that could have been like to end, you know, world's end where as over as MJF is Joe being a heel and leaning into that standing in the ring on long Island, WCWS, like the trash coming to the ring as he's the world champion. And we're like, Hey, it's this, it is this last time we see MJF and you keep him off TV for a few months. And then he randomly shows back up. Like that'd be awesome. Storytelling. Yeah. And and maybe they still try. I Is there a way to still do it? Probably. Do I trust that AEW is going to be able to do They've gotten better. Do I think yeah. that they would be able to nuance their way through that? I don't. I do not. I don't I don't think they can. No. I yeah. I you know, this whole thing ultimately guys as we've been talking about 2024 is going to be interesting anyway when it comes mm-hmm. to to pro wrestling, but MJF, I think we could check that off as a as a aw guy that loses the championship and now he'll be chasing for it um joe deserves it to me um the the whole thing with jay white was very interesting because jay i think could hold up his end of the bargain the story was good but i think that joe being the tag team partner of mjf was just the just scratching the surface and now i think that we see the turn from joe the knife in the back 
How big of a deal, since we're talking about potential free agents, and now we know that Will Ospreay is no longer a free agent, it kind of seems a pretty big deal if indeed MJF has signed with AEW. Like those were probably the two hottest yes. free agents of 24, both choosing AEW. Yeah, these are their first real wins on guys that aren't, you know, way past their prime. Like, yes, it's great to have Edge and Christian there and the Hardys and things like that. But those are guys WWE is fine losing. Osprey and MJF are guys that I'm sure Triple H is wishing he could build around right now. Those are big wins for AEW. It, it is, and it's just a bidding war, right? I mean, it's one thing that WWE has a lot of money, sure, but the cons have a lot of money as well, and also a lighter schedule. That's the other thing, too. You don't see Will Ospreay in Des Moines on a, on, a, on a Saturday night or a Sunday night. He wants to do that. He'll just be on TV and pay-per-views. He can still live in the U.K. That's a key for Will Ospreay to stay. Impact Wrestling TNA, by the way, said they gave a massive offer to uh, Will Ospreay. And even though Will said, you know, I grew up watching Impact and I respect the wrestlers over the years, you can just tell that the money was just too great from AEW to turn it down. Do you think that, and again, this is pure speculation on my point, just kind of thinking out loud, with Endeavor and TKO, does that limit WWE more now than it did in the past of getting into bidding wars? Because it's, again, a pretty polished company Whereas before Vince could be like, yeah, I'll bid for this guy and figure it all out later. I think that could be. I think that could be. But also, you know, I think that Triple H, especially on the way he's been bringing up NXT people to Raw and SmackDown, I mean, those are the next generation of superstars. He doesn't have to go into the indie well if he doesn't want to because he's got plenty of wrestlers on that third brand that could be able to be stars. If they want to, not chase you, but some of those other guys. That's on. That's on the, the company. Not that nonsense. Whatever that also, is. Like we, if you follow the UFC at all, you sort of see it where they are of the belief that those three letters are bigger than any individual. Like they can mm-hmm. make whoever into a star. So if they take that mindset with WWE, then yeah, they're sort of out on some of those names that could draw big money. Yeah. Well, and the stock has not performed well. I wonder right. if that has any, you know, if that plays into this at all as well with, with WWE and, and who knows how many, how much, how much talks he could have had with WWE. Cause he's still under contract with new Japan, but AEW new Japan in bed together. So he kind of stays within that family. So maybe he never even got an opportunity to talk with WWE and get an offer on that. Either. Let me just, let me just plant a seed guys. And there'll be, this will be a talking point later on in our show. At some point, at the end of this year or next year, hard to book new matches when you don't bring in new talent. We keep asking, who's next for Roman? Who's next for Roman? He's gone through the entire roster. Okay, <laughs> outside of outside of um, of Gunther, who else is there for Roman? Imagine if you actually had an influx of new stars coming in, not NXT people. I'm talking about from the outside, mm-hmm. where it's like, wow, what a big splash to have it. You even beat the uh, the Wonderkin, Logan Paul. Roman Reigns already beat him too. So this is what happens but, when when you don't bring in new talent. But outside of because again, we just like Jade has just completely disappeared off of television. Like, and she's not somebody who is like super I mean, she's raw in terms of her like experience in the business as a whole, but she's been wrestling on television. You you, you propped her up <laughs> and now she's been missing. When's the last time, and and now all the rumors seem to be she's going to be on NXT, when's the last time they actually brought in somebody from the wrestling business and put them on Raw or SmackDown right away? Because, I mean, yes, they put Bad Bad Bunny out there, they put Logan Paul out there, but those are bigger names that you're not going to put on NXT, and Logan's just been 
Is it Dom? Did Dom Dom Dom? AJ Styles? I, but that was seven Royal years Rumble. ago. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that plays a factor in, in where Will Ospreay's going. Oh man, bruv, are they going to put me on NXT, bruv? Yeah. Oh, that would be deadly. You'd kill everybody there. There would be nobody <laughs> that's, left. That's, that's not good for Braun Breaker. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I don't know if it, it's random, as, as always, rampant speculation by Meltzer. He said recently, he said, well, they put Jade in the ring in Florida and then the bell rung. Uh-oh. But did they never watch anything before signing her? Or was it like, oh, she's from AEW. I bet this would be good if we win. Or they just listen to Cody? That says something, right? He yeah. again, it's speculation, but he says, "Well, because in his mailbag, people ask, well, Jade was on TV. What happened?'" And yeah. all of a sudden, she's away, and he said, "Well, maybe the bell rung, and they saw, uh oh, she's what I said for for a while on this show: she's one, two, wrong. three, kick; one, yeah. two, three, side headlock; one, two, three, clothesline. Like counting your steps and like flexing and looking great, but not the fi- finished product." I said. I kept telling you guys, what's the next gear for her? What's the next gear for her? The WWE style is is softer, but you got to be able to be in step with your opponent, and I don't know if that's happening yet as she practices in Florida. Well, also to your point about like them sort of running out of people, like we'll talk about Survivor Series in this show. I don't know if we still look at Survivor Series as a major pay-per-view, but no world titles being defended Saturday night. In Chicago. Yep. That's not true. The women's world title is. But they're two, the two men's titles. They yeah, okay. made a second one so they could actually have a men's title. It's like, yeah, we're going to throw them in a multi-men match. Uh, yeah, it's funny that you say the women's title will be defended. That is true. That but is even true. that, just one of the two. Yeah, because the other yeah. one is also involved in the yes. <laughs> multi-women match that they have going on. I don't have the official number, guys, but did you, I know all, the three of us watch Raw. Do you know that this set a record for an amount of women on yes. one show for WWE. Did you notice the evidence flow of this was pr- primarily women? It's It was amazing. Yeah, It was a lot. I believe at one point it was over 20 I saw it tweeted. 24? Something like that. I don't have the real numbers. It was like 24, 25 women on the show, whether it's promo or or wrestling. So like, it you was saw a his, lot. So Grand Rapids, you saw some history there because I'm sure that you got a ticket because they never tell you what the card is. You go in and you go... Sia Lee, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, what, what's go Bailey? Okay, what what's going on here? Right, it's like wow. So for those that say give women a chance, they had the show Monday, pretty yes, much. Well, and I'll tell you what that that uh, the four way women's tag match to determine the number one contenders that really delivered. Yep, and it yep. kind of gave you a look into hey, man, maybe with something with Max. I thought, I thought Maxine stole the show. Like I thought yeah. she stepped yeah. up and somehow just like stole the show and it, it made things interesting because you had a lot of talented women in that eight women tag match. So fightful at ten twenty Eastern. So far twenty seven women have been featured on tonight's show. Twenty seven. Yep. You want women? This was it. This is the bridge show, you know, pretty much a go home show to the pay per view. They're like, you know what? You're not gonna be on Survivor series. Here you go. And like in real spots, like not chasing a twenty four seven title. Like actually yeah. having actual matches and doing things. Well, because you know Zia Lee versus Becky, uh-huh. you know that obviously meant something. And then the eight women tag match for the number one contendership, and obviously a part of that you had the tag champions. Yep. So you had ten women around that. Um, you had so- Rhea stuff. You had Damage Control come out. Like it was impressive. <laughs> I better not say this. I feel like well, a uh, 
Eagles and Chiefs. Uh, uh, it's not going to be a good rating. Women, come on out. Here's your chance against the Eagles and the Chiefs. Holy God. It's only the best game you can see in the NFL. Yeah. Like, you want a chance? Here you go. It's been the best Monday night game in a decade. Right. I should have said that, but that's kind of how I feel. Like, I mean, where's this Where's this time been for the women? That I've never seen this much time. And it was great, by the way. I had never. Complaint. Yeah. Yeah, you had a good with with Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler backstage yeah. with the you know that was a good little vignette promo that they had with Rhea and again again Rhea's got her Rhea's been running Monday Night Raw for the last two months so yep. Rhea's been having her fingerprints all over Monday Night Raw which has been cool as well. What do we got at number two, Brian? All right, Deadline reporting that Seven Bucks Productions, as you know, that's run by Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Vice Studios, are producing a docu series that's quote investigating the mysterious demise of WCW. What other wrestling stories do you guys want to see get the documentary treatment? This is hard. There are a lot of wrestling documentaries out there <laughs> because you, you got Peacock producing ones all the time. You have the dark side of the ring. And I, I'm just trying to think of different wrestling stories that haven't been told at this point that I feel need to be told. Oh, well, we have a hand raise. <laughs> oh, me. Yes. <laughs> I, I have one. The entire McMahon family. You got that wonderful Vince one on Vice. That wasn't good enough for you? Oh, you get out of here. You mean the best of Dark Side of the (laughs) Ring? You get out of here with that (laughs) scotch tape putting (laughs) segments together borrowed from all the other shows. Get out of here with that. I mean, they almost had a permanent in the corner from (laughs) such and such episode Dark Side of the Ring, from such and such episode Dark Side of the Ring. There was zero, like there was one original like quote in there. Well, are we getting that Bill Simmons one? Like, is that one ever going to see the light of day? No. Okay. No. Somehow, 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 some way that will go right back to the NBA. Okay. So, no, I don't, I don't know how, but somehow he'll attach it to the, the Celtics of 86. So, no, I don't need that. No, what I'm telling you is that I said the entire Vince McMahon family. I'm talking about – I want to know about his wife. I want to know about Shane. I want to know about Stephanie. That's what I want. What about his dad? Start all the way back there? I mean, that's that's for old guys like me. I'd like to see what the old man was like. Yes, I'd love to know what the old man was like and his with his Bruno San Martino and Bob Backlund as his as his champion. I'd love to see that. But I need to know more about the old lady. I want to know about Vince's wife. I want to know about that whole dynamic, the four of them. Vince. okay, we got that story. But what about the wife? How's she feeling that Vince has been outside the marriage for a long time? Apparently, allegedly. Um, so the Vince thing I wrote down is the end of Vince. Like what it was like as he's getting pushed out and then coming back in and then getting pushed back out. I mean, knowing the family dynamic, I think would be wild and we're never going to get that story, right? Like, because right. you, you, you would need one of the three to sit down. Actually, I mean, and honestly, if you wanted the full picture, you would need all three of Linda, Shane, and Stephanie right. to sit down. I could see Shane doing it. I can't yeah. see Linda and Stephanie doing it. Who's with Linda? I mean, she's been on the outs for a long time. I mean, also yes. her, she's so been don't in the White think, House. Well, yeah. So, like, after her political career, because WWE, you know, presumably went to PG to try to help her out and make her more of an attractive candidate to get elected. Once her political career fared, failed, if she didn't step up and start, like, blabbing stories out there, I don't think she's ever going to be doing it. That's what I want, though. And like Stephanie's shunned from the company. I mean, in and out of the company like that. And like Shane, 
if any, how about you talk, Shane? Yeah. I mean, oh, you, no, you no, talk I, about being pushed I think out. Shane, I think Shane would talk in a heartbeat. I think she, you, you start asking questions for Shane with he, like, he'll see the camera. He'll just start answering. Like he does, you know, he'll just start answering. If Ooh, we got I, Triple H and Stephanie divorce, would Triple H do with one then? Because then Shane would do that. You get him in allegedly, that way. Allegedly. Yeah. That's allegedly. How, so you get half of them that way. What if the devil mask is Shane McMahon? <laughs> what if Shane is the devil? In in AEW, <laughs> wow! Oh wow! That'd be different. It'd be it'd be shocking. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, like all I can think of Shane now is blowing out his quad at WrestleMania now. Yes, <laughs> like, that's, right. that's all I can think of. Like, <laughs> like the, the the rise and fall of Shane McMahon is also just wild from a wrestling perspective. Yeah. Like going mm-hmm. away for so long, coming back. Like when he initially came back, the night they gave away that award, you know, and and they were going to give it to Stephanie or whatever, or Stephanie was going to give it to Vince, and all of a sudden here comes the money hit. Like that was a legitimate surprise and a huge pop. Uh-huh. Such a huge pop. And everybody was excited for Shane. And then Shane overstayed his welcome with the best in the world tournament and that whole thing. And then he tried to secretly come back with and behind the stage, behind the scenes, messed up the Royal Rumble, uh, where Randy Orton's laughing at him backstage. Then he stays along. And like the pop that he got at Mania last year, everyone's like, ooh, I'm curious. And then he comes out and just blows his quad and Snoop Dogg <laughs> has to save the day. Like, what are we what are we doing? <laughs> I'd like to know. I'd like to know more about that from Shane. Like all of it, man. I think that'd be great. Also, you know what? We haven't heard enough, uh, I think, in a really deep dive on the Montreal Screwjob. We should really find out more about that, what happened with Brett and Sean. I just, I feel incomplete. I think we need more uh, on that story. Um, do you think, do you think that's impossible because Sean is still too ingrained in WWE? No, I'm effing with you. Like we've heard oh, okay. so much of it. No, I'm effing with you. No, okay. I mean we've we've heard way too much about that. Doctor. I was about to say, like, if you want to get deeper, like, if you want the real truth from Sean, he's got to get removed from WWE. No, because that's, that's like, the the problem with a lot of these stories is they get WWE ties. Like, which right. I'm I'm curious about WCW this WCW thing they're working on. It's still obviously because it's seven bucks and and it's Dwayne and he's obviously WWE guy, but like. As good as the Monday Night Wars and some of the other WWE produced material has been that's been on the WWE network, like there's still some parts, some holes in that storytelling that WWE doesn't want to tell because like they're telling it from the winner's perspective. I'm hoping right. we get some some outside of WWE perspective, and that's how this thing can separate itself. Um, but a lot of the stories that have been told just kind of get WWEified. Like I've, I, I, I don't know if we've actually talked about it here with the Kurt Angle documentary and how they kind of mess with the timeline a little bit where his current wife wasn't there as he was going through a lot of the bad stuff that he was going through when he was with TNA. And there's a huge TNA hole in the story, mm. mostly, mostly good for a documentary, mm. but it's not the complete look because it gets WWEized. Well, that's the thing with the WCW story. Like I'm curious to see like, what else is there? Like the mysterious demise. Like they spent a lot of money. They got beat by Vince. Vince Russo and David Arquette happened. Like what else is there? I think they can have fun with it. Like I read the Death of WCW book is one of my favorite books where it just goes through like week by week of like those final few years and just the plot holes and just the awful booking. So if it's like that, like that could be fun. But I'm wondering what else there is to tell. But obviously if you know Dwayne's involved, then he wants to see something out of it also. Yeah, I mean, for someone who was watching WCW back then when I was doing 
they were in podcasts, they were radio shows on Monday nights when it raw took on Nitro. I mean, I could tell you about the death of WCW. It was just that, you know, Eric Bischoff was inept. Right. And would, I mean, you want to know about the death of WCW? Listen to his podcast, 83 Weeks, because there's a guy there who was in charge of the company but would find a side office and never be in Gorilla. He would always just hide in the office, right? And, of course, any fault with WCW, never felt with him. He, there's a guy here that never takes blame. Never well, takes blame for the bad creative ever. And and that's the other thing, right? Like, so you mentioned his podcast, 83 weeks, like now you're getting, you're not getting a neutral story. You're getting from Eric Bischoff's side and he's not taking the responsibility that probably needs to be taken in that instance. Yeah. They, I mean, they, what happened was, is that Mike Tyson was taking on Shawn Michaels, actually taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. They were face to face and Nitro never recovered. <laughs> I mean, while you had Mike Tyson and you had Stone Cold Steve Austin against Shawn Michaels and Mr. McMahon becoming the biggest heel in the business, on the other end, you've got the finger poke of doom, Hogan against Nash in front of 45,000 people at the Georgia Dome, a whole schmaz where uh, Hogan just pokes Nash, Nash falls down one, two, three, in front of 45,000 people. To me, that was the end of the company. Right, th- right there. Now, they'll say, oh, well, Time Warner wanted to have more of a kid-friendly show while WWE was, a, a, was you know, raunchy and all that. No, the booking was horrendous. And, and Vince Russo's part of that as well. So I just, to me, I'll watch, but there's nothing that they could tell me I don't already know about both companies during that era. The other story I wrote down sort of outside the WWE bubble is Brawl Out. Like if somehow there's oh. video of what happened backstage and Larry the dog's involved and people are biting and there's muffins and just actually hearing from those guys <laughs> what actually happened. <laughs> CM Punk had some extra muffins. He's just like throwing them. Like you never know. <laughs> Hiding behind chairs and just <laughs> lobbing muffins, lobbing muffins like grenades. Like what are we doing? Like literally, if there was no dogs allowed in the workplace, CM Punk probably still works there, and we're all good. I'll tell you what, from an attendance standpoint, let AEW keep going in this direction. Uh, Rock can start writing that documentary in about five years or less. <laughs> if, that, if this company don't get hot, I'm just telling you, like, I don't care right. what TV deal they have because you got to think about the next TV deal. And hopefully right. that's there for AEW because I think wrestling's better when you have multiple companies to watch. But this, this company's got to get hot. Got to get hot at some point. Yep. Yeah, you got to make yourself out. I think, again, I go back to actually spending money on your product in terms of advertising in the cities that you're in. Because when you when you when when they put on these pay-per-views in big-time wrestling cities, the A-cities, talking about L.A., Chicago, like the crowds are hot and the crowds are great. But it's when you're going to some of these cities for collision and dynamite and maybe the city doesn't even know you're there. Right. <laughs> like I, don't, I, I have no idea where dynamite is on Wednesday. No idea. No. Uh, next next Wednesday, like after Chicago, I'm not sure. I saw. Oh, yeah, that's that. right, because they're in Chicago. Yes, because they're always in Chicago the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, but after that, like I don't know where Collision is this week. No, I don't either. And because they 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 don't do a good enough job of promoting where they're going to be. It used to be like a a minute or two. WWE used to do this all the time, where they would just have like this this uh, plane going through, and it's like. Here's WWE when we come to your area, Norfolk, yeah. Virginia, at the Scope, and we're going to be in Fort Lauderdale at the, you know, and then all that stuff. They would give you like a minute and tell you, hey, tickets are available. Here's where we're going to be. There's a lower third there, but it's within the show, and it's so fast, and it's kind of right. like, okay, so, and so, 
that's a thing that AEW has to understand. And it's a long conversation, but I'll make it short. AEW has to understand that you're not the WWE. You're, the WWE is the ice capades. They're the Harlem Globetrotters. You, you could just say, hey, we're going to be in town. Oh, I'm going to get a ticket. AEW has to prove from a, a card standpoint, hey, we're coming to town, and here's what you got to see. You have to sell the wrestlers. You're not a big enough brand to say AEW's coming to Denver. AEW's coming to Denver? Uh, who's wrestling? I don't know. Uh, I'll skip it. I'll watch it on TV. But they don't know. We've seen the way they manage the roster. Like, hey, yeah. come watch Andrade wrestle, maybe. Like, they don't know who's wrestling. They can't figure it out week to week. Well, I got it. You got to get that to be a viable company. You cannot be the WWE because they have years and years of experience at this. For you, you have to sell the wrestlers. You can sell the wrestling, but you can sell the action. And so this is why they are really struggling uh, at the gate in a lot of these cities. Yep. What do we got at number three? Saturday night from Chicago on Peacock. It is the 2023 version of the Survivor Series. What will be the biggest story to come out of this year's Survivor Series? <sighs> I'm, I'm debating if it's coming out of the men's side or the women's side of war games. I'm guessing the men's side ends up, um, the men's side ends up being the main events. Yeah. But I'm, I haven't figured out who is turning on who. If if anybody in the men's side, we're on the women's side. I think Bailey's going to cost that side war games and she's getting kicked out of her own group. And she, cause she sees it coming. Right. Like she's, you know, like she started off Friday night SmackDown thinking she was getting the boot from, from damage control. It's coming. Like Bailey's getting the boot. And I think that's going to be a big story coming out of, of uh, Saturday night. Well, you talk about unique things in wrestling. Uh, the three of us think we've seen everything. You ever seen the Asian group? Uh, like Asuka, nope. Io Sky, and Kyrie oh, yeah. Sane. Like, that's whoa. Like, Dakota Kai is part of that as well. But Dakota Kai pretend like she understands uh, <laughs> Japanese as well. Did you know? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bailey. This is what she said. Like, how do you know, New Zealander? <laughs> how do you know what she said? <laughs> like, like, do you speak Japanese? <laughs> By proximity, she's closer to Japan yeah. from New Zealand. So, <laughs> yes. ipso, ipso facto, she knows and can <laughs> translate. I love that because that's the most, like, you like unique things in wrestling, right? That's unique. Yep. Like, okay, and they're all three of them are badass. Like, who takes the pinfall out of those three? I mean, that, that's no. a tough one. Usually nope. someone's someone's gotta be Janetti. Oh, those three? I'm not sure who that is in these three, because those are badasses. Well, that's how Bailey's, we know we're gonna win, because you look at that whole match, and that's why Shotzi's there. Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> Which one of these things is not like the other? Shotzi right. Blackheart. That's a push right there, bro. Yeah, brother. That's a push. Like, oh, she's in there? Oh, that's odd. Yeah. Um, just, just so we're clear, what I, what I say wrong? What no, I say I'm just, wrong? No, I'm just thinking of Shotzi and how confused I was when she ran. Like, when they first started building this team and Bianca's out there and Shotzi comes running out, like, okay. Did she get a wrong sign? Like, yeah. don't steal third. You're supposed to stay in second. Yeah, like, I don't no, know what happened like, there. I, I had this and I wasn't waving here. Okay, I guess it's it's almost like she accidentally ended up, you know, like, well, I get, well, she's out there on TV now nothing we can do. I guess she's going to be in war games. So you're not going to put anything in your hair, huh? You're not going to. Okay. All right. Just dark hair and spiky. All right. Here we go. We're doing with shots. Well, someone's got to take the pinfall, right? Right. Well, and that's so, Bailey. There you go. That's Bailey. Bailey's ba take the pinfall. It's either Bailey or Shotzi. On the it's one side, of the two. Right? It's one of the two. Uh, just so I'm clear, because I think we you said this earlier, bro. Is five matches? Five, five matches. matches. So both war games matches. Gunther defends against Miz. 
Uh, Rhea defends against Zoe Stark, and then we have Carlito versus Santos Escobar. Okay, the reason why I asked is because so the War Games match, the two War Games matches, um, they're gonna go an hour apiece, or what yeah, we- probably. yeah, I feel like they do it like Money in the Bank, open and close. Unless Guthrie go an hour, and you know Miz ends the run. Boy, this, Miz, that is. Would you say it ends the run? Is that what you just said? Did you <laughs> just what he, get past us? That's what he just suggested. Oh, I never thought. God. I didn't think I'd hear the day where Brian would even jokingly mention that. Uh, it's WWE. I don't put anything past him. Boy, I tell you, nothing like a good solid left hand by Miz on Gunther. Boy, you yeah. got him, boy. Oh, you got him now, Miz. You by got way, me believing. And you got you the wanna, crowd you behind wanna, you by chanting USA. You want to talk about burying your your opponent? Like we thought, we thought what Cena did by putting Austin Theory in a body bag before WrestleMania. Holy cow! What Gunther did on Monday. <laughs> I love, I love the fact that Gunther just has a really nice belly laugh out there. Just like, <laughs> are you serious with this guy? Oh, hello, Mike. And I know that pisses Miz off. He doesn't yeah. like that. I'm the yeah. Miz. Like, hey, Mike, uh, so you're just like the people out here on the other side of the rail, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you're you part of wrestling I did not watch when you were champion. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to wrestle, right? Hey, Mike, you're just Mike Mazanin. Oh, little, the whole name. No, little Mike Mazanin. Little yeah. Mike Mazanin. Little, I mean, <laughs> as opposed to Big Bronson Reed, we right. now have little Mike Mazanin. Oh, God. This is such a stretch. I can understand this is 2004 and you're struggling to try to figure out what you want to do in the WWE when it was really going through a transition. But you're really going to sell this in 2023, Miz as a baby face. God bless you, Michael Cole. He was doing God's work on commentary. <laughs> he was doing God's work on commentary right there. Come on, Miz, for all of us weirdos. Uh... Oh, no, no. It just is so <sighs> the biggest story. Is is it the biggest story that Randy Orton is going to come back and what Randy Orton's going to look like? Isn't that not the biggest story? Like, and they did it right, by the way. Let me just say this: Well, you they think did they right. did that right? Yes, they did. That's old school wrestling. Here's how they did it: the old school wrestling is is that it's three on two. Who's going to be your tag partner? Who's going to tag with you? Another than Randy Orton. Ah, now the old WWE under Vince is here is Randy Orton coming back coming down the ramp in Grand Rapids, and he gives, he RKO's everybody and spoils everything. Now when you see him this time, now you have to tune in. That's different for WWE. It's old school. We're going to have Randy Orton. He'll be there in Chicago. Don't worry about it. And you know, when we see him, it's like, wow, we haven't seen Randy in a long time, and he looks good. Instead of him RKOing everybody on a meaningless Raw, that's smart booking right there. That's old I, school wrestling. I don't think he needed to RKO everyone, but... Randy's been gone so long. That's right. To not hear his music no. was weird to me. No, no, that no. It was very weird. You got to pay for it, pal. You want to see Randy Orton? You got to pay for it. That's old school right there. But all that was was saying, hey, it's not CM Punk. Like, that's all yes, it was. 100%. That was, this didn't fit into Randy's schedule, but right. we have to get this out here because we don't need the Allstate Arena chanting CM Punk for three hours. And the thing I didn't like is the way Cody sort of leaned in. Like, Cody never said his name, which, like, still sort of left it open. But then looking at 11.53 p.m. Eastern last night, oh, they tweeted WWE it tweets it out, hey, it's Randy Orton. So, like, why didn't Cody say that? Well, he gave all the hints. I mean, come on, he gave you breadcrumbs. He gave you Apex. Well, why Predator. not say the name then if they're just going to put it out there anyway? 
Tickets still on sale, by the way. <laughs> yeah. they, op- they opened up some seats, they told us. Oh, sure about that in Chicago? They opened up some seats? Huh. I don't know yeah. what that means. They open up. So is it behind the, the big board? Those, those, those <laughs> shrink shrink the board a little bit. <laughs> no, that's old school. They say it's going to be it's Randy Orton. Okay, so we're going to see him. I can't wait to see what he looks like because of everything that you that we all read about his back. I'm like, how viable will he be? How good? How smooth will he be? Will he look like the old Randy? I have no idea. This is an interesting match to come back from a back injury as well. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sounds like get- that. Sounds like that. You know what? Let me call it now. He will be attacked in the back, and he's going to be there to save it at the end for last, like the last four minutes because he can't go probably more than five or ten minutes. Yeah, that's a good way to protect him. Like, he doesn't have to be in there that long. Yeah, But, like, storyline-wise, like, what actually comes out of this? Again, that's where I just – I'm not sure on the men's side, but right. on the women's side, Bailey getting kicked out of yes. – and then that, and then that Asian – I don't know if there's still going to be damage control, but the badass group of – Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and EO Sky just running SmackDown. Yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, the women's side, I think there's great stories there. The IC title, the women's world title, like those are essentially just matches. Carlitos and Escobar should be good, but the men's side just feels like there's no story that comes out of it. That, I mean, whatever the story is, the story still remains. Like, okay, so I can make a case for Drew McIntyre. Great promo to open up Raw, by yes. the way, Grand Rapids. Great job by him to set the tone by saying, I'm not a heel, or pretty much, right. I've always been the same. But keep in mind that that guy, Jay Uso, cost me the opportunity for a championship. And so it's really the heel's lament, right? I feel like I'm right. I know that you're a babyface crowd, but, I, but I'm the same guy. And by the way, you can still be, you can still be a fan of mine, but if you're not, screw, you, screw off. Because those guys, the Usos, and that group, the Brutline, stopped me from being a champion. So yep. he has every right to feel that way. Also drew a line in the sand and says, I'm not with Judgment Day. And again, because he's not aligned with Jey Uso and Rollins and Zayn, fans are going to boo uh, Drew McIntyre. We've been seeing this coming for a while, so good storytelling there to be able to see there's a little bit of extra on Drew McIntyre, a little bit of extra cheese on his Whopper. Do we see the bloodline get involved somehow in this storyline? Because now we see Cody Rhodes insert himself back in last week on SmackDown into bloodline business with LA Knight. So do we see the bloodline try to interfere and screw Jay and Cody? You so mean like Paul and Roman? Way. You mean well, by no, Paul and Roman? No, I'm talking about no Roman's not gonna be there. No, no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about solo. Chicago, I mean yeah. be <laughs> Well, I would say, what about the other title? Like, what if someone on the face side turns on Rollins and then you set up his next feud? Jay, uh, Orton, uh, Sammy. If somebody turns, if if somebody turns on Rollins and lays him out, and and Priest then isn't champion coming out of Chicago, like, what are we doing? Like, if somebody there. turns out, like, Damien's right there. Yes. He's, <laughs> If you got Rollins laid out, man, there's going to be a ref right there. Catch that some bitch in. It's there. He'll forget it in the little cage he has to stand in beforehand. So mm-hmm. he'll have to go out there and get it. It'll be locked. He'll forget it in his keys. Like WWE logic. What do you mean one little cage? Just that elimination chamber? No, they usually on the ramp. They stay in their oh, little pod. 
Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> they did, And they did specifically say that they are going to be in those little shark cages. Yeah. They did say go. that last night oh. on Raw. Okay, so, you know, just to flip it then, that I like the way you're you're thinking. Maybe not on the babyface side, but, I mean, you beat down uh, Rollins enough where the rest of the team leaves. You beat, you know, like, a, a Balor or a J.D. McDonough or McIntyre beats down uh, Rollins enough for Priest to cash in. Yeah, maybe that works. Man. I mean, that, we're that's talking fine. about that after if that happens. So sure. Camp. Otherwise, uh, pretty weak. They give they give us some they give us crap. Gunther, Miz, Rhea Ripley, Zoe Stark. I love that the face to face with Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark had a good promo, yeah. but yeah. still not believable. Hey, Maud, you're not beating Rhea Ripley. Right. You don't you don't look like a like a champion. Like it sounds good, but is anyone behind Zoe Stark? It's like how many great singles matches has she had to be able to get this? See what I mean? You're just yeah. you're just piecing it together because that's all you got left. This is a Not filler pay per view. They're just trying to get to January at this point. In Chicago, but it'll be sold out. It'll be fine. Yeah. But just uh, I feel like there should be more than those other two big uh, War Games matches. But we're not getting that. I mean, maybe they said. So, I mean, you got to have something for LA Knight, right? Like you just got to oh. throw something on LA this oh. pay per view. Oh, that's right. LA Knight's on. That's right. LA Knight's on that on this card. Why do you think that is, Gabe? I I don't know. Can't, can't give him a singles match at all. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the company? There's, with only five matches, there's space to throw him versus somebody on there. Just throw it on there Friday night. It's but that's like, gonna this, be Fury or Waller. Like it's just <laughs> it's something, man. This company is laying back a lawn chair. They're just like, yep, <laughs> just throw it out there. See you. See you get Tampa. us to rumble. Yeah, get us to rumble. <laughs> I mean, God almighty. <laughs> I mean, other companies can't afford to be that. They can't just put <laughs> yeah. all their stars in just a couple of matches and just be like, ah, Chicago will be there. They always show up. What the hell? It doesn't <laughs> matter. Really? LA Knight is like one of your big merch sellers. You can't get them on the card? One of these days, Hood, okay. your city's not going to show up. I don't That's know right. what day that is, but one of these days. Because like they keep getting taken advantage of. Like they had all out after all in a week later. Nah, super hot crowd. Everybody shows up. Everybody's there. You're getting this craptastic. Like Survivor Series used to be a tentpole event, and now you're just kind of getting this thrown together. They decided to make it war games to make it seem bigger, even though it's not. And yet Chicago's going to show up. You're getting Guther and Miz. Chicago's showing up for Guther and Miz. Babyface Miz. That should be the first match, by the way. Get that out. That's of the, the main way. event. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I believe they're trying to bullshit us and think that no, y'all are showing up too, and you guys uh-huh. are just just gladly showing up. As long as there's probably, blood, we'll show up. Oh, man, That's the way it is. What do we got news and notes this week, Brian? All right. Speaking of Gunther in an interview with Under the Ring, he said, "Quote: You never really know what you get with Brock. It's definitely a match I want to have and I want to do. I feel like Brock is somebody. I just make it my thing. I make him my personal end boss." Uh, yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm I'm down for Brock versus Brock versus Gunther. No title on the mo- on the line. Just no, put those no. two in the ring. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. put them in the ring. Don't put yeah. that out there. No title. I don't need a title. No, no, I, I don't want him to lose to Brock. No, I, I just want to see those two big guys go at it. It'll like, this would be the the this will be the apex of uh Gunther's career if he took on Brock. 
Yep. I mean, it, it, it'd be easy to set up. It, it'd be as if you actually had Keith Lee go up against Brock Lesnar after they faced off in the Royal Rumble. You do a similar thing, and Brock gets eliminated by Gunther, and boom, there you go. There's your match setup. Works for go me. Go from there. You say Keith Lee <laughs> coming out there? You well, Keith don't you remember Lee? when, yeah, remember when Brock... You remember the Rumble when, when Brock... As champion, put the title on the line because yeah. he had beaten everybody. And then Keith Lee comes out and Brock Lesnar's like, ooh, big boy. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> like that. And that was an electric, again, like in the crowd got super behind it. And then Vince did nothing with it. Right. That's right. I remember that. That's when Keith Lee's hair was dark. Then he went to AW and his hair was gray. And now yes. it's being back to dark again. That's right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There. This has been this week in Keith Lee's hairline <laughs> slash hair color. Some contract news. Fightful reports that Ronda Rousey currently on a handshake deal with AEW and Ring of Honor. She worked a tag match at the Ring of Honor tapings on Friday. They're hoping it drives up Honor Club subscriptions. Um, It seems like she doesn't want to sign like a full-time deal, but she wants to – her and Marina Shafir are tight. She wants yep. to do some stuff with Marina. Ugh. Good for her. They did her and Marina versus Athena and Billy Starks was the Ring of Honor match, and they also worked uh, Revolver, I believe, the past weekend as well. That is correct. And boy, here's someone from the WWE who couldn't get out quick enough, right? Gets out of the company, slips out of the company, and now she ends up on Ring of Honor on a TV taping where all of a sudden the internet melts down like, oh, oh my God, Ronda's in AEW. It's like, that's what you want to do? Really? I mean, whatever you think. Look, the three of us were done with Ronda Rousey. I think after a while, it was Ronda Rousey fatigue. I, well, I get that. The problem, but I mean, the problem is, like, the best thing that she did, I mean, she started off great. Yeah. She started off great. But, like, one of the best things she ever did was her last feud with Shayna on the way out. Yes. Yes. Like, that's, great that's promo. the problem. Great yeah. promo. She did the honors. Didn't do anything for Baszler, by the way, because she's still flat, right? Yeah, yeah correct. I mean, she, yeah. yeah. I mean, she so, tried. She tried to help out her pal. You know. And but, apparently there were chants on Friday of, like, we want Ronda and the other half of the crowd going, no, we don't. So I don't know if people are going to Honor Club to see Ronda Rousey matches right now. Well, that's money. If it's, you got a little Cena reaction, that's fine. Hey, AEW people, some don't even want WWE people in there. I get that. And uh, we saw Ronda Rousey, and uh, Gabe is right. Out of all the debuts I've seen, it's one of the best I've ever seen. Yep. I mean, you t- and, and this is where this is the beginning of newbies coming to WWE and being able to work smooth, right? Because mm-hmm. right. we talked so much about Logan Paul and and what we saw from uh, Bad Bunny. But I thought that tag team match, you know, Ronda was fantastic. But then you put her in a singles bout and the bell rang and, and uh, she wasn't getting over. At all. It did not translate to the audience. It was this hybrid, weird MMA wrestling thing, and they want her to be the next Roddy Piper, and that did not work at all. Well, they have a yeah, pay-per-view they... in a few weeks. Like, If it's her versus Athena, are you excited about that? I am not, because Athena will eat her lunch. <laughs> if you're part of the expression. <laughs> but I think if you, let, if you let Ronda just be a badass heel who kicks your ass and actually be, don't have the, you know, most dangerous woman in the world be just a moniker, like let her be that, there's value in her. Yeah. There's value there. If just, you can find the right thing. Just get away from Marina Shafir. Yeah. That's, that's, no, she, that's death. No, she's got great feet. Just ask Mox. <laughs> Never understood that quote. That's the worst quote of the year. <laughs> Never understood that. Didn't didn't get it. Didn't understand it. Nope. 
<laughs> it's Mox, though. Uh, some injury news. We mentioned earlier, Russell Purist says MJF dislocated his hip on that elbow drop, not expecting to miss any TV time. And Fightful reporting that Juice Robinson has a back injury that will require surgery. No timetable for his return, but it's not expected to be a, quote, extremely de- drawn-out absence. Um, yeah, which would make sense of how he was written off TV on Friday night. Again, whether it was collision or, or you know, rampage doesn't matter, but he was written off with the attack backstage, um, which would make sense if he has a, a legitimate back injury and maybe we don't see um, Bullet Club Gold here for a little bit. Maybe they just yeah. kind of fade to the background and, and make their presence known a little bit later once he becomes healthy. Well, it's, it's a hot act too. Juice Robinson actually uh, is the glue to hold all that together. He really is because mm-hmm. he's wild. He's out of his mind, and it's perfect, yeah. right? I mean, the left hand, you know, of God, boom, punching people and stuff, and just his antics on the mic. I mean, he's the guy that has actually made the uh, the Bucks look good. I'm sorry, the uh, the guns, guns, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. Hopefully, all the best to him because that all ties together with him being the wild man. And finally, news and notes uh, <clears throat> announced today. Our very own Jonathan Hood joining SiriusXM Busted Open every Sunday moving forward, 9A to noon with Justin Labar. Yeah, let's go. And a boy, Jay Hood. Yes, um, so, very excited about it. So how does this work? Are you going to like test out your best takes on this show <laughs> and then the ones that really hit, then you take him to SiriusXM? That's, is that, that's, you know, we're, we're kind of like, you know, the you know, the place where you test all that stuff out on? Yes, I would never do that. I would never do that. Yes, absolutely. I would never do that. Um, no, nah, it, it's a it's a great opportunity. Um, and as I, I was telling you guys, it's a great, I think, opportunity for me to be able to let everyone else know about Good Karma Wrestling. You know, we're coming up on 100 episodes, and the idea now that I'll be able to do this on a lot of Sundays Um on Sirius XM channel 156. Um, and it's been a legacy station, you know, a, a channel uh, with mm-hmm. wrestling, with Dave LaGreca. I'm just appreciative of the opportunity. But the thing is that I'll always have GKW in mind because I want our listeners and our viewers to come over on Sundays. And so GKW is everywhere. It's not only on this show, but also now on Sirius XM. So um, long time coming, but I'm not going anywhere. For those that hate me, I'm still here. I'm, I'm, I'm be leaving this show. <laughs> So, so you get you can you can dislike me or like me here, and also on Sirius XM with Justin Labar from Wrestling Inc. So, um, Maiden Voyage starts on uh, Sunday, eight to eleven Central, nine to noon Eastern. We'll be talking about Survivor Series, but Ooh. again, two shows, not one show, two shows. Looking forward to it. Boom. What did you guys have as your matches of the week? Well, okay. I mean, we all just have to give two, right? Because yes. number one, Texas yep. Deathmatch, number one. We've talked about it. It was spectacular. A lot of staples. A lot of staples, yes. A lot. As a matter of fact, some uh, where Swerve used it on himself. Just just right. to yeah. see if there was any more staples left. Just put it in his chest. And Haven't we all? Uh, no, no <laughs> yeah. we have not. Who's no. among us hasn't just taken a staple gun and stapled ourselves in the chest? And he hit a gusher, by the way, guys. He hit a gusher. Mm-hmm. My poor way, wife falling asleep on the couch, waking up, and that was the first image she saw. That, that she went to bed after that one. I mean, it oh. could have been worse. The earth, the first image she saw could have been Hangman Adam Page underneath, Fair. trying to like guzzle the blood coming off of Swerve Strickland. I mean. And by the way, I know the rest. Some of the internet wrestling community was not happy about that, whatever. But I want to give Los Angeles some credit. 
I don't know if you guys saw this. I saw this um, on Saturday and Sunday. The IWC and a slash through it. I don't know if you saw that in the crowd. No. And some, some, yeah, I saw that a number of signs like that, like some anti-internet wrestling internet community wrestling people community. pissed off about it. Like, screw you. I'm enjoying wrestling because this is what I like. And I like that. I appreciate that. Oh, that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Um, Zylee against Becky Lynch was the best match on Raw um, because Ooh. those two had some time for me. For me. Um, Becky Lynch gave a lot to Zylee. Yeah, but, yeah. here's, but here's the thing about this, about marketing, right? You can't say that what did what did Michael Cole say about Zia Lee, like the unbeatable or remarkable or whatever it is, right? Well, she's not unbeatable because she lost against Becky right. Lynch. Well, and, and guess what? She's commercials about NXT and her challenging for the title. Yeah, she's 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 gonna be losing back to that tonight. So I, I don't know how to break it to Michael, but <laughs> Zaya's Zaya's gonna Zaya's gonna wake up on Wednesday, zero two for the week. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you guys have some, so I'll just keep it simple with Claudio against Buddy Murphy. Uh, in zero hour um, before the pay-per-view, which was tremendous on, on and not surprising, right? It's Claudio, yeah. it's Buddy Murphy. Yeah, that's going to be just fine. So those are two in particular amongst the nine or ten I have listed on my sheet here. I'll throw in a couple other WWE ones, Dragon Lee and Axiom from Friday. I don't know what they're doing with Dragon Lee, but they just sort of let him work, and he delivers on Friday night, so that's always cool. And Don't then, know what they're uh, doing in Axiom either. Just like, hey, yeah. couple of Lucha Libres, just go do your thing. <laughs> and yeah. then the Monday night match I had, Gargano versus Kaiser. Like, it's a <laughs> weird concept, but when you give Johnny Gargano a bunch of time to wrestle, we had a good wrestling match. Very weird. You didn't mind she, the little uh, little outside interference little thing, little distraction yeah, finish? It was minor enough that, like, they had enough time before that. Like, I was good with it. See, I, see uh, the Monday night match I had, I really liked... Um, Shinsuke Nakamura and Chad Gable, because again, like Chad Gable is just he's he he's the workhorse of Monday Night Raw. Like, oh, turns out you give Chad Gable time in the ring with just about anyone, and <laughs> Chad Gable does cool stuff. And it's the same thing with Shin. And I know there's rumors that the WWE is potentially interested. That's why they're kind of showing, hey, look, we will showcase the you know former New Japan Pro Wrestling guys that we have, but. The work that Shin's been putting in has been spectacular. He's teasing about you know whoever his next opponent is, and I thought um, that was that was really good um, there. And I, I mentioned it before, but I loved the ladder match. I was a big fan of the ladder match um, on Saturday night. I thought Three there were some really cool spots. Matches. I feel like this is unprecedented. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wrestling out there. Uh, maybe because we're taping on Tuesday, it's fresher in our brains, and I feel like we never had three different Raw matches. It's all because of the women. And yeah. by the way, that's just amazing what happened. So I, I thought that that was tremendous, that the women had a chance to be able to show what they could do. I'm sure the rating will be just fine, uh, well, even and, against the Eagles and Chiefs. Like in... And, and again, going back to the four-way women's tag match to be the number one contenders for the women's title, like I feel like each group had a different. Like I, honestly, I just because I know what Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae can do, like I'm excited for them. And Tegan Knox getting the rub, and and you know her and um, uh, Natalia are now the number one contenders. And then what they had, you know, again with Maxine, like Maxine working with. Uh, Alpha Academy and her getting more and more opportunities to showcase what she can do in the ring. Like I honestly thought she was going to win it when she had the suplex pinning combination. Like I thought that was going to be it. And I thought that they were going to give it to her right then and there. Like she was really good in that match as well. Yep. 
Guys, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And of course, all of our viewers and listeners, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We're thankful that you're with us every week here on GKW. Yep. Absolutely. And again, check us out. We'll be back at a regular time Thursday, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern next week. But don't forget, if you're looking for instant reaction, check out our guy, Jay Hood. He'll be on Sirius XM's Busted Open Radio Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. 8 a.m. Central time. If you're looking for that quick reaction from Jay Hood right after Survivor Series on Saturday, we will talk to you again next week right here on GKW.